You may not think so at first, but this is a love song. And here's how Papa Paul tells the tale. Toddler Riffs was written in 1990 and describes a day in the life of my son Dominic, who was two years old. During the day, he is in constant repetitive play, quickly turning from one activity to the next. When his parents are ready for him to go to bed, he is exhausted and cranky and has a tantrum on the changing table. That quickly subsides as he falls into a quiet sleep. He awakens the next morning to selectively retell the story of the previous day using his newly acquired and not yet refined verbal skills. Little did I imagine when I wrote this piece that Dominic would become a violinist capable of playing it. Words of composer Paul Salerni about his son Dominic at the terrible twos time in the child's life. Happily, everyone survived. Paul Salerni is an award-winning composer and distinguished professor at Lehigh University. Dominic Salerni is a first-class violinist in the Grammy award-winning Ataka Quartet, called one of the most versatile and outstanding ensembles of the moment, father and son performing toddler riffs in 2007. For another piece on the album, Paul and his librettist Dana Joya, former chair of the National Endowment for the Arts and Poet Laureate of California, reworked a Neapolitan fable. The story's contest destination was relocated as Paul tells it to a place he knows in his heart, the top of Maiella, Italy's second highest mountain, and a castle there. He tells us, My father's parents emigrated from Sale, a small town directly below the Maiella, and my grandfather, Nicola Salerni, often made the trip back and forth from Naples to Sale. This piece is dedicated to my wife, Laura Johnson, who is my beloved companion in explorations of Italy and feminism. So, the whole album is rooted in love of family and friends, and it's titled Dances and Fables. Paul's enormous talents and equally large heart have drawn a circle of family, friends, and colleagues around him so that even when his music is not in any way overtly related to such relationships, his deep love of life and creating of music are still like a clean, fresh, dynamic aquifer, as he'll tell us, sourced in family it is. Take his string quartet 1.5. Paul says, Most of my music since the turn of the millennium has involved telling a story either in the guise of an opera, a ballet, a song cycle, 
or a narrated piece. Many of those compositions involve string quartet plus one or two other performers. So when it was offered, I embraced the opportunity to write a standalone string quartet with no overt program. In homage to the late Beethoven works, this piece has six movements. The jig in the second movement that generates the rest of the material in the piece was inspired by my family's exposure to Celtic music while living in Italy. So, there we have it. But it's not just write what you know in Paul's case. It's that he writes from his deep humanity and caring and love. No matter the mood of the music he creates, it's filled with heart and soul and a celebration of life in all its textures, in all its depth, anguish, joy. And it's the reason we'll want to attend the concert with musical prayers, pop quizzes, a pastoral and gallop, even Astor Piazzolla at the Zollner Arts Center at Lehigh University in Bethlehem on Saturday evening, September 23rd. Paul Salerni returned to the WVIA studios to talk with us about the program titled Disruption and Hope. The title is a reflection of kind of the process during COVID, which is that all of a sudden our lives were disrupted. So the final piece of the program is a clarinet quintet, string quartet and clarinet that describes this process. It starts with a very lively and fun kind of salsa, and then it's disrupted and it gets quite violent. And then it subsides again, just as we kind of went cyclically during COVID, you know, oh, we're going to be okay. And then it's disrupted again and disrupted again until it's the final thing. It's been in a minor key the whole time, but at the end, there's this hopeful major. So it's a, it's a programmatic piece, not very specific, but, you know. What made you think that disruption and hope could be expressed with clarinet and strings to do what you wanted to do? I'm not sure that it was specific in that case. It was more the player who I wanted to write for. And in this case, it's a young man named Antonello Di Matteo. And it's a lovely story because during the teens, I discovered my cousins back in my grandparents' hometown in Italy, a little town named Sale. And as I got to know them better, they kept telling me about this clarinetist who, who spent his childhood in Sale, especially his summers. And he, his best friend was my second cousin's son, Danilo. And they said, yeah, he's really great. He plays with the Philadelphia Orchestra. And I said, well... Both my children are professionals in Philadelphia. They don't know him and they don't know it. And we checked up on him and we called him and indeed he subs with the Philadelphia Orchestra and indeed he is a brilliant musician and he's practically one of our family. So once I got to know him, I said, oh, I got to write something for him. And actually the rest of the concert is really in some ways centered around the music I wrote for him and my children. And Dominic actually wrote a, a piece for Antonello and him. So that's, that's one of the centerpieces of what's going on. This piece, again, I'm lucky sometimes I can kill two birds with one stone. I needed to write a commissioned piece for the Concerts on the Slope series in Brooklyn because I'm the composer in residence. So this is going to fulfill both purposes. How do you distinguish his sound from all the other clarinetists? Not that you would choose somebody else, but what distinguishes his sound? Uh, there's a certain elegance. Actually, and it's interesting because here's we think of Italians as exuberant, stereotypically. It's actually a quite lovely internal sound. In fact, oftentimes when, when Antonello plays for me, I have to make sure he's not going to be reserved. 
So there's a certain elegance there that I wanted to take advantage of. And great rhythm. So not only, this guy's amazing. Not only does he play the clarinet very well, he is one of the best Zampogna players, Italian bagpipe players in the world. He plays the accordion way better than I do. He plays the organ and the piano. And he also plays the Italian tambourine because he, he can do all this Italian folk music. And there, the rhythm is so important. So that's another thing I was looking for when I wrote for Antonello. While we're talking about him, you have him in a piece for clarinet, violin, and percussion, La Cabelle de Fontanelle. This is very germane to our conversation because La Cabelle de Fontanelle is, a, is an Abruzzese folk song, and I like to write variations on folk songs. This is an old tradition amongst composers, but it's also the centerpiece of the piece I'm writing for you. It, it starts and it, and it generates all the material. So the thing you hear, yada, yada, da, yada, that's it. And translate it for us. It means the, the beautiful, the great water that's coming out of the fountain. And that's the other thing is that that connects to, again, to our hometown. Our hometown sits underneath the Marone Peak in the Maiella Range. And our hometown owns all the land up to the top of the peak. And the water that the town uses comes from the peak. So it's extremely pure. And there are pictures, if you go watch my Vola Vola, of the fountain. There are fountains all over town where the water comes down from the mountain. So this idea of pure water coming out of a fountain is germane to my hometown. I love the weaving. Oh, there's more weaving. All this family stuff. So Louis Carton, who has a piece on this program, is my best friend from graduate school and my longtime colleague. And his daughter is a wonderful soprano. She's getting a doctorate at Juilliard. And the piece I wrote called Father and Daughter was written for her and my two children. So it's a little, another family connection there. And you mentioned that Dominic had a piece for Antonella. Right. And uh, again, one of the other motivations for this concert is that many of the pieces that you, you see listed there were composed during COVID, and we actually realized them remotely. So one person would record their part at their home, the other person, we would put them together technologically. So almost none of these pieces have been heard in public before. They've been heard online, et cetera, et cetera. So this was one of the motivations. So Dominic actually wrote a piece for himself and Antonello that they've actually never played together. They've only played separately. So that will be nice for them to do that. And you mentioned Dominic, and we know what a remarkable violinist he is. He's in demand. He's part of the esteemed Ataka Quartet, the Grammy Award-winning Ataka Quartet. But you have a son named Miles who has a specialty in percussion and marimbo. Did you ever think when he was growing up he was going to be... He told us at the age of five, he says, yeah, no, Daddy, yeah, you're making me play the violin, but in the long run, I'm going to be a percussionist. At five? <laughs> at five. And, and he just stuck with it. Yeah, so he has a major, major part in this. So... He gets to not only play the marimba, but lots of other percussion instruments. And he also did an arrangement of a piazzolla piece called Cafe 1930 for marimba and violin. So he'll he'll have a hand in that. We know that he is dedicated to the marimba and its sound, but why do you like composing for him and the marimba? Um, it, it's the gentility of it and the intimacy of it. So the piece, actually, Miles is not playing the piece I wrote for him, which is the three prayers on text by Dana Joy. He's playing the piece I wrote for Marissa Karchin on text by Natasha Trethaway. But it's that intimacy because prayers, when I think of prayers, I think of this intimate relationship with the deity. And so I think that that, that instrument's there. 
it, it's also just a beautiful sound. Uh, and people love that sound. It's, it's just kind of warm. <laughs> the poems by Dana Joya, that goes back so far, Dana Joya and your relationship. I remember Laura, your wife, threw the New Yorker down in front of you and said, set this. That's what happened back in 1987. I was on my first sabbatical. I was just sitting in my composing desk and she opened this poem and said, set this. And now how many years, you know, quarter of a century later, you know, two operas, three fables. Well, not quite. Two fables and an upcoming premiere on November 4th here in, in Scranton, Pennsylvania and in a long, long relationship. So some of his poetry is on this program. Yeah, so and uh, again, another interesting part of this program is that normally when you have a song cycle, you do the songs together, one after another. With the pairs, I thought it would be more interesting to separate them out, to put them at interesting spots, to feel a moment of uh, gratitude, to feel a moment of praise, and, and to space that out during the concert. Actually, the version I wrote was for baritone and marimba that Miles recorded remotely with a great baritone named Keith Fairs, but I wrote a second version for mezzo and baritone. And actually, the, the people who are doing this are actually really close friends of Miles, practically family. The the man playing the marimba, Miles, is going to be his best man at his wedding, and his wife is the person singing. So it's all family. Which is lovely because you use the word, the intimacy of the sound of Antonello and so on. And there's so many things that are unspoken with family and people who know each other. And there's more, I mean, there's even more family. When I think of Stephen Samets, who is my colleague for 44 years at Lehigh, is Miles's godfather. And the pieces that are on the concert of Stephen's were written specifically for me to play the accordion, that's called The Air, and specifically for Miles called Season Unseen, which is for vibraphone and soprano. So again, everybody's intimately connected in this concert. <laughs> Now, we haven't talked about you and accordion before. Tell us about you and how you picked up the accordion and why you like that. Um, the accordion was my first instrument. I grew up in New Britain, Connecticut. New Britain, Connecticut is an industrial town where almost half the population is Italian-American, the other half is Polish-American, and the one instrument common to both cultures is the accordion. So there were lots of accordion teachers in New Britain, Connecticut, and one came to our door one day and said, does your child want to learn the accordion? And I said, yes. And that's how I got started in music. And I love the accordion because it is a, a self-contained instrument. It can be very loud, but you can play everything. You can play harmonies in the left hand and melodies like a piano in the right hand. It has a beautiful sound. It has a human sound because it's air, it's breathing. And it's also, for me, the um, was at very young age, the way of conceptualizing music because in the traditional accordion in the left hand the bass is configured so it teaches you the circle of fifths and it teaches you how to make chords automatically so when i got to theory class anytime i was way ahead of my buddies i think that this stuff you learn early you know i i, I will take a little credit for my children only in that i started them early and that was very helpful in terms of their musical abilities and they were surrounded by wonderful music. Yeah, all yeah. the people on this concert, they were surrounded by <laughs> Uncle Stephen Samets. <laughs> people realize when we introduce you that you're a professor, but what's this pop quiz business? This pop quiz business, this is another thing I wrote during COVID. You know, well, COVID was interesting because it was daunting in terms of having to teach, but all the time you spent going back and forth to things was saved to do other things. So I actually 
wrote a lot of music and I had time to write things that I just wanted to write as opposed to commissions, which is the normal way I write. I have always loved popular music. You know, I started on the accordion and I played in rock bands all through high school and even in through college and even in through graduate school. So I love that stuff. And so oftentimes, as is the case with Palma, I'm going to channel something that's folk song or a popular song. And so this is a continuation of that. So the the pop quizzes take uh, a, a popular song. I, I take the musical material and then abstract it and create what's a classical piece. And only at the end is it revealed what that piece is. So so for, for instance, the first pop quiz, there's a, a great song from the 2016, 2017 by Pharrell Williams called Happy. Cause I'm happy, happy. Uh, and the second pop quiz is based on the old American songbook song, Tenderly. And then the third one is based on uh, the great um, hard bop piece that turned into a soul piece called Mercy, Mercy, Mercy by Joe Zamino. But you wouldn't know it until you got to the end because it sounds like, you know, Phil Glass or it sounds like me. <laughs> you're a serious composer, but you're playful too. And that's a lovely thing because it, it should be, right? Yeah, I think composers should make people laugh and cry. Tell us about Dominic this time. Oh, Dominic Fiore is, and again, another quasi-family member because Dominic Fiore, and actually this is very connected to the Northeast Philharmonic, Dominic Fiore is a bass player. His wife, which he met playing in the Northeast Philharmonic, is a violinist named Linda Fiore, who was my son's Suzuki teacher. She started both our kids. She is one of the greatest Suzuki teachers, the greatest teachers in general I've ever met. And our idea, especially when we sent our Dominic to Linda, was that he would go to play the violin. He would meet Dominic Fiore, who was one of the funniest and most charming people in the world. And he would want to play the bass, which was the instrument I wanted our son Dominic to play. Unfortunately, he got very good at the violin. But he's kind of named for this Dominic Fiore. So this is a yet another family member. If we were starting to draw, we would have arrows and they'd be crossing all over each other. And so when you have this program put together and the assembled musicians, Disruption and Hope is the culmination of it. And so much, as you mentioned, has been written in the stressful times of the COVID pandemic. Yeah, in fact, Stephen's pieces, Stephen Sammons' pieces were also a COVID project. So Stephen is the great conductor of the Princeton Singers, and they couldn't do anything. So what he asked each of the singers to do was to either write or choose a poem that he could set for them to sing. So the two pieces, The Air and Season Unseen, are pieces that he wrote for those singers, but he wanted to score them for me and, and Miles. As we know, we'll be hearing poems that you've set on this program. And we've talked about Natasha Trethaway in connection with another recording that you did. Tell us about the sense of what you've chosen. Well, the, the title gives Is it away family again. Yes, each of the poems is about her relationship with her father. So the, the first poem is Repentance, and it's an interesting ecrastic poem that, that looks at a Vermeer painting, but sees that it's been painted over, and she makes this analogy to a kind of violent situation with her father that she wishes she could paint over. Uh, the second one is called Duty, and it talks about her father protecting her during a hurricane. And the other is rotation, which is very abstract about, again, the care of a father for a child. So I chose those three poems because they were connected. Quattro Mani. Quattro Mani is, again, this is coming together of various things. For years, way back in, oh, maybe it was 2013 or 2014, 
Colorado College decided to do a concert based on the texts by Dana Joya. Well, it turned out that almost all of the music was mine. <laughs> so I went out and I was kind of the composer in residence. And there was a wonderful pianist who played in many of my pieces named Susan Grace. And she was terrific. Separately from that, for a long time, when we've had recitals at Lehigh, especially Michael Jorgensen, our, our wonderful violin professor's recitals, we brought a pianist out from New York named Stephen Beck. And he actually played a recital with Diesel Laurist out here where they did two of my pieces. He's just a wonderful pianist, a fantastic pianist. And I discovered that he's actually a forehand duo with Susan Grace, my friend from Colorado College. So when I wrote pop quizzes, I said, oh, I could write it for them. So we can join you on September 23rd. Yeah, and, and it's a little bit of a long concert, so we're going to do it a little differently than normal, which is that we're not going to have people come on and off. I'm going to put everybody on stage. I'm going to say, okay, we're going to do all these pieces. They're, they're quite different, and there are lots of small pieces. So what we're going to ask you to do is not applaud between. Just wait till the intermission. You can applaud then, and at the end of the second half, you can applaud. Now, this is not such an original idea because... As you know, Dominic plays in the Ataka Quartet. They played at the Ojai Festival, which was broadcast. And they did their concert exactly like that. They said, we're not going to ask you to applaud. We're going we're gonna to start each piece immediately after the one we just finished, which is actually interesting for them because the word Ataka, when used in a musical score, means start immediately, don't break. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a little bit imitating them. Might we flip like father, like son, in this case, like son, like father. It makes good sense for this program. It does make sense. Father and son here. Dominic Salerni of the Ataka Quartet and Paul Salerni, the pianist and composer of Shinichi Rag from that 2007 album, Dances and Fables. Composer Paul Salerni is the National Endowment for the Humanities Distinguished Chair in the Humanities and Professor of Music at Lehigh University in Bethlehem, where he teaches composition theory and directs the Lehigh University Very Modern Ensemble, Love Me, as it's known. He has received his PhD in composition from Harvard, where he studied with the esteemed composer Earl Kim. He's held composition fellowships from the Sheldon Foundation, the Charles Ives Festival, Pennsylvania Council on the Arts. He's been a recipient of grants from Meet the Composer and the National Endowment for the Arts. His works have been heard and performed throughout the United States, Canada, Europe, and China. And his one-act opera, Tony Caruso's final broadcast with a libretto by Dana Joya, won the National Opera Association's Chamber Opera Competition. Dr. Salerni was here talking with us about a concert titled Disruption and Hope to take place Saturday, September 23rd at 7.30 p.m. in Baker Hall at the Zollner Arts Center on the campus of Lehigh University in Bethlehem. And we heard about all the interlaced, interwoven, interconnected friends and family who will be taking part. 
There will be pieces by Paul Salerni, Stephen Samus, Louis Karchin, Dominic Salerni, also Astor Piazzolla. And the concert will culminate in a performance of Disruption and Hope, a work for clarinet and string quartet. For more information about Dr. Salerni, you can check his website, paulsalerni.com, paulsalerni.com, S-A-L-E-R-N-I, paulsalerni.com. And to learn more about the concert, zollner.cas.lehigh.edu. And Zollner is spelled Z-O-E-L-L-N-E-R. So zollner.cas.lehigh.edu.